episode of budding business and the final episode for the semester uh, i hope my voice isn't as coarse as it was in the last episode but nonetheless it's still your hostess with the mostest sean coon and boy do we got an episode for you today um given that this is the final one as i said before of the semester i think i would should do a more of a foresight into what's to come with tigers inc in the next year as opposed to the various accomplishments we've had uh, one being that we have a wall project that we've kind of had on the back burner for a bit, but now it's kind of getting brought up to the front. So what that's going to be, it'll be almost like a mural or a painting on the outside of our classroom of a lot of the different accomplishments and things that we've done or people that we've met and worked with, as well as something that just encapsulates our mission statement as an organization and all that we embody. So not only is it meant to just be a representation of Tigers Inc., but it's also kind of supposed to be a student-led beautification project of our school. So we are really looking forward to that. Uh, and another thing, just more around the podcast, uh, I plan on breaking down a lot more of wealth management because in these past couple of episodes, I have kind of neglected what's gone on there, mainly because I don't have a very firm understanding of it because it's very very numbers oriented things that I don't really uh, I don't work well with numbers so I kind of steer clear of it but I, I want to have people on from the wealth management cohort so they can better explain all that they do on a daily basis because frankly they do a lot and I, I think they deserve a lot more recognition than what they've gotten so far uh, and then uh, I guess another big thing we have coming up next year is our annual back our businesses week and this is going to be a week in late February or early March. I can't remember exactly when. But it is going to be around that time where we are going to be supporting and promoting a lot of the local businesses in Loveland that we work with. So stay tuned to that to hear about our role as well as yours because a community participating in this kind of stuff is what makes it, is what makes it mean something. So stay tuned for information on that. And uh, as far as this episode goes, uh, it's definitely more of a bittersweet one. As some of you may know, uh, our interviewee today, Coach Derek Barry, uh, this was his last week with us here at Loveland. He is moving on to bigger and brighter things, I'm sure, but it's still a little, a little heart-wrenching that this man is leaving us. So um, I guess there's not much else I really can say to preface this interview. Other than I hope that you enjoy it, and I hope that you learn something from one of the greatest minds and people that ever walk through these doors. So here is Coach Barry. We are back again. We're actually not in the studio this time, off our home turf. We're in the office of LHS strength coach Derek Barry. How you doing? I'm doing well. How are you guys doing? Doing all right. Doing well. Now, first things first, dress the elephant in the room. What's your max? That's we we gotta know. What uh what exercises? Let's go bench squat deadlift. The the three meat and potatoes. Yep. Um usually so one I like to 
keep it a secret just to remain a little mysterious. Um, so usually I tell athletes that it's not enough. That's my answer. <laughs> my max is not enough. Um, but I also like to say that to kind of teach them that the job's never done. Uh, that being said, since y'all are taking time out of your day to put me on your podcast, um, I have no idea what it is right now, but I can tell you what my all-time bests were. The most I've ever benched is 305 pounds. Wow. Um, I was 10 pounds away from the three-play club, so got a little sick after that, and then it just went down, and I haven't really been back since. Uh, most I've ever squatted, I think, is 365, and then deadlift would be 405. Wow. But I am nowhere near those anymore. That was <laughs> a while back when I was training a lot harder. So was that like when you were still in high school, college, or? Uh, college. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Yep. So given that, like, how long did it take you to get to that point? Like, when did you start lifting, like, and taking it seriously to get up to those numbers? That's a great question. Uh, I started lifting my sixth grade summer going into seventh grade. Um, I went to a football camp at my high school and one of the coaches had a gym. Um, he decided to uh, invite me out there and I fell in love with it immediately. So I've always trained very seriously, very hard. I was very competitive, but uh, sixth grade summer would have put me about 12 years old. And you think I wasn't in school until college until 18 to 22 range. So you're looking at almost a 10 year process just to get there. So you started lifting like when you were 12. So that's pretty early on, in, like normally for people to start lifting. Correct. Were there any like mistakes you made early on? Like I bet there are a lot that. Yeah. Uh, well, one. So it was, that's quite a while ago. So it's hard for me to think. But and that's a good question that I did some reflecting on. Um, I'd try to say early on, definitely one of my mistakes was questioning coaches, especially now that <laughs> okay. I coach. Um, I didn't do it often, but there is a specific time I remember that we were um, hopping over hurdles, working on landing, and I was in high school at the time and had been training for a while. Knowing what I know now, this coach was doing exactly what you were supposed to do. Um, me being a young, naive high schooler, I kind of questioned him and said, you know, this is too easy. You know, why are we doing this? Uh, he was not too enthused with that, and I ended up pushing a sled for a very long time. Because oh. he, he was like, if you want to train hard, I'll, uh, I've got something for you. Um, so one, just, you know, not buying into exactly what the coach was putting down because um, you see online people running with parachutes lifting with chains jumping on boxes really high um, but you got to have a starting point two probably uh, not cleaning up after myself very early on um, I remember I got addressed one time at a gym by a guy who's you know I, I'd left some dumbbells on the floor and he asked me if I was done and I did and then he basically he was like yeah you need to go clean up your area and I was and it just had never occurred to me then you know I kind of was uh training hard and was in my zone and was just kind of moving on to the next thing and then it kind of I was like yeah that's uh something that needs to be addressed there so kind of those are some uh off the radar answers than what you're expecting probably um I was I th I'd like to say I was fairly coordinated so I, I I'm sure I made mistakes early on but I, I picked it up pretty fast so it's kind of hard for me to remember those well now that you're on like the coaching side of it where's like some mishaps or mistakes that you see people make now that you kind of correct or just things that you notice uh definitely going too heavy too fast um one of my favorite quotes i always will throw around is rome wasn't built in a day mm -hmm. so 
you know, and especially with you all, a lot of people that come in this weight room, it's their first time, you know, training. But you got to start somewhere. So just putting weight on too early, uh, wanting to do advanced exercises too quick, um, just learning the basics. Sometimes I'll catch people without spotters, not putting clips on the bar, um, all, all correctable stuff. So, like, I think a huge part of, like, because people obviously, part of the reason why they go into the gym, thanks, part of the reason why they go into the gym is because, you know, they want to get bigger or stronger, whether that's for sport or for aesthetic, they still want to get in there, you know, to get bigger. And, like, a very key aspect of that, of course, is dieting. And I think, at least from my experience in lifting, I've always kind of found, like, dieting to be a challenge. I know a lot of other people do, too. So why do you think that is? Um, first I always go on the record and say that I do not, I'm not registered or certified for any type of, um, dietary advice. That being said, I, I do know the general basics of things. Um, so if an athlete asks me a question, I can kind of give them some general advice. I usually tell them to go talk to a professional about it though. Um, but circling back to your question, it's not really related to the diet, it's more of just uh, being consistent. It's all about your habits, which is anything you do in life. Um, dieting is tough because you gotta eat clean. So if you wanna eat clean, you've got to usually make home cooked meals, or if you're gonna buy out, you're probably buying from somewhere more expensive. Um, if you're doing the home cooked meal route, it takes a lot of time to do that, whether you are prepping a week's worth of food in advance and you know spending an hour or two to do that, or if you just every day try to make a new meal, you know, that's 30 minutes to 45 minutes per breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So just uh, having good habits, taking time out of your day to, to set aside to, I'm gonna knock out, you know, this much cooking and, and get it taken care of. So it sounds like a lot of it's like kind of gaining discipline with both your training and your diet. Absolutely, they um, go hand in hand. Yeah, so most people need like some sort of motivation to start that discipline, like do you think was there anything that made you really motivated to start lifting or like maybe like right now, like what's your main motivation? Um, yeah, definitely. I think my number one thing is I'm undersized. I've always been an underdog in any sport that I've played. Um, even within this profession, um, it's very rare for a coach to make it high up without um, having college experience with a sport, which I didn't play a college sport. So I, I've always, uh, if someone told me I can't do something, I'll, I'll give you an evil grin and that really gets me going. <laughs> so um, that's been my number one motivator is just, no. I, I knew early on that I had to lift to not even gain an advantage, but to almost even the playing field since I was undersized. So yeah. being an underdog. Because this is just a side note off something you said earlier, talking about like dieting and how like it's expensive in both time and money. I just thought about this a couple days ago. I want to see what you think. Like, I was thinking about how, like, a lot of healthier foods, like if you want to buy organic or you want to buy stuff that is, you know, better for you, a lot of times it's more expensive. I'd have, I just thought that, like, the only reason it's because of that is because not only are you buying a better product, but you're buying more time. As in, like, if you consume that type of stuff, you're probably going to live a longer and healthier life. Is, is that valid? That's valid. Okay. That's I, I, thought. I'm thinking about writing a book about it now. Like, that's, <laughs> if I could boil that down into a really good quote, that'd be, that'd be good, but. That's, that's the name of the game. Um, I have not, so a lot of coaches will come up with, uh, for any sport, they usually have four core values for their team. <clears throat> Excuse me. And recently, I've been trying to come up with 
four values uh, for my personal life. And if I were to go on and have a family, and I have not figured out what all four I want, but the first pillar I had was health. And it's not because I do this for a living or because I'm super obsessed with exercise, but just you can't, if you can't take care of yourself, then how can you take care of others? Mm-hmm. And with health, you got you know mental health and physical health. So the, the physical health is exercise and nutrition. And so that goes hand in hand with you talking about earning more life or mm-hmm. living longer. Because so, you're paying for the product and the time that you're gonna get right. after the fact. And going on that, um, you're talking about you know the mental aspect of it. Of course, the physical benefits of sports or weight training are tremendous, but there also are a lot of mental benefits too. Like what are some that you know of or have noticed? Um, absolutely. Um, you gain confidence in the weight room. Um, exercise can obviously release positive endorphins that make you feel better. It's a great stress reliever. And to dive a little deeper, you have um, two parts to your nervous system, uh, sympathetic and parasympathetic. We live in our sympathetic state um, a lot. Sympathetic is, is high intensity upbeat, right? You're moving from class to class. You're constantly engaged in the classroom. You guys are on your phones. Um, we're talking to people. Um, it's your fight or flight. Whereas parasympathetic is what you do um, within your rest for the most part. Um, and that can release, that can um, lead to you know positive mental health, things like that. Um, and things that trigger your parasympathetic system are uh, dancing, um, movement, exercise, singing, things like that. So there is an actual science to it that, you know, if you're consistently working out, then you're contributing to the better side, you know. I'm not gonna say the better side because it's in both sides are important. Mm-hmm. But again, like I said, you spend so much time on the sympathetic side that you gotta make sure you're crossing your T's and dotting your I's to make sure you're also taking care of the parasympathetic side of things. So is this like a recently new discovery or an idea? Because I've actually I've seen some things on the internet recently about sympathetic and parasympathetic. Is that new or is that something that you've known about for a while? Um, I don't, I don't want to say it's new. That's um, that's not even necessarily exercise science related. Mm-hmm. That is uh, just human anatomy and I guess psychology you could say, um, or physiology. So, um, but I think that the world of strength and conditioning is still very unknown. There's actually not even a lot of schools that have a, I think there should be a strength and conditioning major. There is exercise science majors, there's nutrition, there's sports psychology, there's, uh, you can do yoga. Um, there's the motivation side of things. So I think that there needs to be a major where you learn all of that. Like I went to school for exercise science, so it was just exercise focused. But you know, in order to be a coach, you've got to be a great leader, uh, got to be a great organizer, uh, communicator. There should be classes on communication, um, things like that. So it's, it's the information has been out there, um, but I think it's rare that you'll see if, if you don't follow the strength and conditioning community then you're not going to see a post on it related to exercise fitness hmm. so i see it often because i follow a lot of strength coaches so you're saying like you've been able to piece it together like after the fact but like there's no like one place for all this information is being shared out yeah no again it'd probably be um following those different branches on social media if you're following a good sports psychologist um those are that's a, a very new position that's starting to be um, hired at the top level, your Division One colleges and your professional sports, they now have a mental performance coach who specifically focuses on creating positive mental performance mm-hmm. from their athletes, um, following nutrition, following exercise people. But yeah, there's not like a, I mean, if I had to put it in one hub, I'd say you could find that within sports psychology. That's probably where you'd find all that information. Mm-hmm.
So it sounds like a lot of these skills that like the uh, you're saying the strength coaches need are like kind of intangible things that you can't really quantify in a classroom, but they need to like kind of figure out how to teach that better at the college level. Um, so they need to be great leaders to their kids and kind of teach them like not only how to lift more weight and like get bigger in the weight room, but kind of some like lessons in the weight room. Is there anything you think that like the weight room teaches the kids that you can't learn outside of like in real life? Absolutely, yeah. And that's honestly why I love the weight room and love my job is uh, w one quote that I'll throw around that's, it's I'm kind of semi-joking, but it is, it has, it holds some truth is I will tell athletes, uh, you know, you can't download your muscles. We live in a world where you can instantly find information on Google. You can download this app. If you don't know where you're going, you pull up Google Maps. Uh, but the weight room will not give you anything you haven't earned. You have to come in consistently and put in consistent effort every single day. Nobody's perfect. You're not going to have 100% effort 100% of the days of the year. You know, it ebbs and flows. There's ups and downs. But at the end of the day, it's about... Um, coming in prepared I think that applies for life whether you're going into a job going to the classroom uh, meeting with your parents or teachers about something you got to be prepared for that right you don't want to just go in not knowing anything uh, and then when you you know be on time and then when you show up you know do the best to your ability to put in 100% effort which has nothing to do with how much weight you're doing it's just about are you challenging yourself you know doing all the little things right all right so kind of circling back to that discipline thing we talked about earlier yep now, I'm putting you on the spot here a little bit. That book you got on your desk, The Art and Science of Building and Buying In, is, is that something you started? Are you deep into that right now? Because that actually looks really interesting. It is a very interesting book. It's a little bit more intense than I anticipated. Um, as far as the guy that wrote it, um, he's a very popular strength coach, kind of on the sports psychology side of things. Um, he's very well-versed. And then also it's just... Uh, it's not the smallest book, as you can tell. It's actually, and the words are pretty little. It's it's pretty um, thick, and he's just got a. It's very detailed, and it'd be very tough to implement when you have a room full of you know ninety athletes at one time. Especially when a lot of the stuff he's talking about is kind of like outside of the weight room work. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of sports psychology. Um, when you know I've got forty five minutes to teach a movement and get them in, get them out. Um, but yeah, it's a it's a very good book, and it pretty much it, it is what it says. It's um, he's really taken a deep dive into uh, the psychology. He's talked with a lot of researchers, and there's a lot of science behind it, and and how to get somebody to be motivated. It's it's very interesting. So, do you see your career potentially going more towards a sports psychology based field, even, or because it seems like you know a decent bit about it and are getting really into it? Uh, yeah, that's one of my dreams kind of um i'm just a big believer in and I, and I didn't learn this until i started coaching um I, i've told my athletes and, and co-workers a bunch of times that i'm not the smartest strength coach by any means there are coaches out there that i follow that the programs that they are getting their athletes to do the exercises they come up with are world class and i don't know how they think of these things um but i'm a big believer in you know if you have two coaches and one has the high tech weight room with iPads, with chains, um, you, the Tendo, which uh, measures bar speed. There's a lot of fancy equipment out there, right? Electric laser timers. Um, and then you got another coach who all they have is dumbbells. Depending on who the coach is and how well they have relationships with their athletes, it doesn't matter how fancy your equipment is. Um, that guy with the dumbbells, if he's a great motivator and, and his 
athletes trust him, he can get them to work harder than the person that has all the bells and whistles. And at the end of the day, that weight room will produce greater results than the one with all the bells and whistles. So, yeah, I really enjoy that side of things because I believe in that. And, um, yeah, I'd like to do either sports psychology one day or um, even become like a, a consultant for businesses and organizations where I kind of come in and evaluate um, their company, meet with people, see who's who, um, see how they go about their day individually and as a company, and then kind of give them feedback on like, hey, this is how you all could improve. So that's long term, but I, I enjoy coaching right now a bunch, So and I'm still learning so much from it that I don't really have any plans for that anytime soon. So like off that like what is the best way you found to like help motivate other people to kind of push themselves to that limit do you have a method for it or are you just is it based on like the energy that you bring in or matching the energy they bring in like how do you usually go through that uh, it's a combination of those things um i'd say first and foremost is being vulnerable you know and no you don't come in right away and, and do that but once you start to get to know your athletes um just being honest with them about when they do something well, how it applies to life, and whether you give them a personal example or when they do something wrong and how it can negatively affect them with life and give them a personal example. I think I'm, I'm pretty open and honest. I don't hide too much from my athletes, if anything at all. Um, and then outside of that, gotta have energy. That's just the name of the game. If, and if you're gonna ask people to bring energy, then you better bring energy. Um, and then I, I think a part of it is, I mean, you gotta be able to do, you know, you gotta be able to walk the walk. So if I'm going to, you know, referring back to your, my maxes, right, I'm not a stranger to the weight room. Um, I can lift a fair amount. I think that holds some weight. It'd be kind of weird if I couldn't really lift a lot of weight <laughs> and I'm, try, I'm in here trying to tell people how to do things. So, But number one, I would say, is vulnerability, just being open and honest with your athletes and trying your best to show them how what they do in here applies to the field, the court, and later life. So as much as it is about, like, knowing, understanding the science of sports and like the movements that you have to do and all those things, trying to keep them safe, get form right. That's as equally important to you as it is with building a relationship and building a culture. Yeah, if honestly, even the relationship side is almost more important mm -hmm. to me personally. Um, from the outside, like if I was looking to, if I'm a person that's looking to hire a strength coach, yes, you need someone who's qualified on that side, you know, teaching exercises correctly for the safety of the athlete, but Outside of that, again, I think the relationships and the, the culture is, is very important. Um, I kind of have a question, just like kind of off topic, but when you're like programming like for different sports and stuff, do you program mostly for like injury prevention or like how, like, how they can help their game? Like do you like try to get them to like kind of build muscle so they can play their game better or is it like so they don't get injured? Uh, number one is injury prevention, okay. um, but if you get stronger, then um, the result of that is you will improve in your sport. But yeah, when I'm when I'm thinking of movements, um, early in the off season, I'll do injury prevention stuff, injury preventative work, and then as we start to get closer to the season, um, I'll start making it more sport specific so that they are improving for their sport, and then. Once we get real close to the season and are in season, I go back to the injury prevention. Okay. But overall, the name of the game is, you know, I, if you aren't healthy, if you're not on the field playing, then you're not any help to the team. So it doesn't matter how much you squat, bench, or deadlift. Best ability is availability. Yes, sir. Now, I'm sure, like, you, you do, I see what you're saying, you do plan all these workouts for other people. How about yourself? Like, what is your favorite workout, muscle group, split, 
what is it? But I got to know. All right. Um, that's a good question. I don't know if I have a favorite. I do. I'm a real big fan of functional movements, so things that apply to life. Like, for instance, the bench press is not the most functional movement. When are you going to be laying on your back pushing a lot of weight? Uh, if you're in that situation, that's not a good situation. So that being said, love the bench press, nothing against it. Um, I like to do carries, all different types of carries, um, single arm overhead, double arm overhead, suitcase, farmers, goblet, because... Um, you carry stuff often in life. Um, I'm a big fan of the Turkish getup, which is one where you're laying on your back uh, with a dumbbell over your head and you have to, it's a regimented routine that you basically stand up. So you're laying on the back and there's like three to four steps that have to look a certain way and it's you're not flying up, it's you know one step at a time. Um, that one I like a lot because it's just, you're getting up from the floor with weight very challenging um, I used to love Olympic lifting I kind of hurt my hand so I can't do it too much anymore um, but I think that's a you know that's a fun exercise it's explosive I like to push sleds I have a love-hate relationship with sleds they are not fun but mm. they're very rewarding and again very functional mm. pushing weight and you can you can pull the sled towards you uh, if you put a belt on you can walk sideways you can do a ton of different work with a sled so those are some of my favorites. Well, I remember, I think you were telling one of my classes before <coughs> that you used to do, it. was it bench that you did too much and it like messed up your shoulders or you had like a little bit of a slouch? Is that, is that also kind of a turnoff for you for bench press? Um, well, no, because I, I mean, I fixed it, but yeah, that's a, a good point. So whenever you work out, you need to build yourself evenly, which seems like common sense, but I was young at the time and I like to bench, you know, three times a week. If you're going to bench that often, you need to be pulling to build your backside um, evenly. And I wasn't pulling. I didn't have an equal ratio of press to pull movements. So it kind of, yeah, it, it put me in a hunched over position and I had sh some shoulder pain for a while. Um, and they told me if I just start, so I basically started pulling twice as much as I pressed, pulled me back into good position, upright posture, and I haven't had any problems since then. All right, so I think we are about, yeah, we're, we're past 20 minutes now. I think we had, we had a pretty good interview. Is there one message that you could, if you just want to get off your chest or just get out to students who are lifting or people who are trying to start lifting? Or just anyone out there, the world that's, is listening. <laughs> that's a good question. Um, overall, again, it just it comes back to habits. Whether you're getting started um, or you've been in it for a while, um, no matter where you are on your journey in the in your lifting, I guess I'm trying to think of the quote that uh, I'm not gonna say Muhammad Ali said this quote directly, but he made it popular. Was um, it's not the mountain ahead that makes you tired; it's the pebble in your shoe. So I think that applies to everyone because no matter where you are in your journey, if you're the person who's just getting started and you're looking at you know I want to deadlift 400 pounds and I want to do this and I want to do that and it's so far away. The reason you're not going to get there is because you're you're focused on the mountain when it's really the little itty bitty things that are right in front of you. And same for the person that's been lifting for a while that maybe you've had a recent injury or some sort of setback, um, and you're all you can't be focused on the results. You got to be focused on the process. Beautiful struggle. I like that. There you go. All right. Thank you for your time, Coach. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Of course. Yeah, this was fun.
huge thank you is in order for Coach Barry, obviously not only for that interview, but for everything that he did here at Loveland. The countless people that he has touched and helped become better people, athletes, and lifters, I'm sure is too far to count. And I think that we all just appreciated every moment we got to spend with him. Always a force of positivity in people's lives. Whether it was making us smarter, making us stronger, he was there every step of the way, motivating and educating. So thank you, Coach Barry, for all that you have been and all that you will be. Now, as far as the takeaway goes from that interview, I'd say the most important thing that you can do is if you haven't already, start taking care of yourself now. Whether that is, you know, a mix of dieting, like we talked about, definitely some sort of training with weights or some form of exercise, start doing it now. Because the benefits that you will see range everything from physical to psychological to mental, everywhere in between. I can speak from my own personal experience that ever since I started training with weights over the summer, my self-esteem and confidence in myself has just gone through the roof. Whether that's a direct byproduct of lifting or I think m more importantly or less talked about is just how when you start lifting weights, you kind of realize all the things that you're capable of. You can see yourself growing, whether it's by size or by the number of the pounds, whatever you are moving, you can see the progress that you're making and you can see the power that you have as an individual. And then you take that and you bring it into the real world and it can help you conquer or take on numerous challenges that you otherwise would maybe even be too scared or unsure to face. So I guess that's our two cents about why you should be hitting the gym. And what a perfect time to start doing it now that all these New Year's resolutions are going to be coming out soon. So maybe pick it up and then keep going with it and see where it takes you. Because it's, I've been hard-pressed to find someone who works out, you know, maybe three or four times a week and doesn't regret it. Like, I, that's just, I, haven't, <laughs> I haven't found someone like that. If you have, please let me know because they would probably be a very interesting person. I'd like to talk to them about it. But, yeah. Working out has done wonders for me, as I'm sure it's done wonders for many of you, and I'm sure it'll be doing wonders to those who don't and pick it up. So um, that's going to be it for us today. A uh, special message, I guess, at the end of this for um, the upcoming juniors and sophomores here at Loveland. If you are interested in Tigers, Inc., please write it down on your course request form that you'll be getting here soon. And know that it is an application class, so have an alternate in case you don't get in. But if you are in any way or form interested in receiving a non-traditional form of education centered around business, put down Tiger's Inc. Because you just might get in and you just might love it. So that will actually be enough for us today. Um, thank you so much for listening. Uh, thanks again to Coach Barry for everything. You are amazing. Nothing but the best to you from all of us here at Loveland. Uh, and that will be it. Signing off, this is Sean Kuhn. Carpe diem. Take it easy, my friends.